Welcome back to Season 2 of the Aware Podcast. In this global podcast, Nikki and Sarah, your hosts, chat to inspirational guests who have all had a breakthrough moment in either life, leadership or business. We share our adventures as we talk through the moments, courage, laughter and insight. A big thank you to all our listeners and we hope that you're going to enjoy Season 2 as much as you did Season 1. Don't forget rate, review, subscribe and share to keep us moving forward. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to AWARE. We are incredibly privileged today to have both Julie and Mark Wallace here to talk about their trauma, their stories, but also how they're evolving this into such an absolute magical platform and connection with people from all walks of life and all experiences. And we feel incredibly privileged. My name's Nikki Mackey and this is Sarah Godfrey. We always forget who we are. Today, we're really excited about hearing some more about your story. So welcome to Julie and Mark. Thanks for joining us. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for inviting us on your podcast. Now, I'm going to jump in and say I've known these wonderful and really kind and gracious people for, is it three years now? Is it two or three years? I don't know. Two and a half years. It's a funny thing. So we met, uh, we've based in Brisbane, you're based in Melbourne. We've met, we've worked together over that time, Mm. um, but we've never physically actually met. It's always been Zoom, so... (laughs) But I'm excited about March coming up here, Sarah, meeting you in the flesh. How I met this incredible couple was when they were setting up one of the, I think, the most beautiful global uh, businesses that I've had the pleasure of being involved in, which is Sar Sanctuary, and we'll get onto that later. But, yeah, I was 
kindly asked to come on board and help chuck in a bit of knowledge and a bit of know-how when I could and how I could with them. And it's been a beautiful journey. It's been hard, you know, get a startup off the ground is so courageous and so tough. But we'll talk about that later. One of the things I connected with them is the tragic story of the murder of their 21-year-old beautiful daughter, Sars, and how they came through that with such gifted insight and kindness and compassion to help others that have had traumatic grief. And there's a beautiful story of how they both connected but have gone on their own paths and still supported each other. So I'm wondering if you could sort of tell the story a little bit. Yeah, so I guess um, a couple of things there, Sarah, is that we have created a foundation in honour of our daughter, Sarah, who was murdered in the London Bridge terror attack. Why we've done that is two reasons, one being a bit of a selfish reason for ourselves because we, through helping other people, we get to help ourselves. So we know that the loss of Sarah is going to be now a lifetime journey for us and we need to find ways to heal ourselves. It's never going to go away. But certainly, how do we find a positive in life and how do we share what we've learned to other people? So we get to talk about Sarah every day and remembering lost loved ones really important and that awkward conversation of talking about someone who's passed is for many people very difficult. For us we embrace it, we talk about Sarah every day and we encourage other people to talk about their lost loved ones and not make it an awkward conversation, actually change society's view on past loved ones and keep them alive in our conversations and in our lives. And then secondly is through the processes that both Jules and I have been very active in trying to find ways to heal and we consider that if you can do something each day and get 1% peace or happiness or joy in that day, then you're on a, a positive journey to live a good life. So we've done lots of crazy different things, explored different modalities. You know, we've gone through Reiki healing, kinesiology, we've done psychology, counselling, done group sessions individual sessions Jules Chakra even dance. Yeah, she locked me <laughs> booked me into a workshop which was you know a full day or eight hour course and I thought well this do whatever so I found myself eight hours later meditating into my third eye chakra dancing and it was you know as but a he dude had the beautiful frilly eye patches on that you can dance like no one's watching so i'm videoing him so because no one's hey, looking hey, at him julie that defeats the dance like no one's watching when That's you ask correct. Video yeah, 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 it does. I, know, I know but i had to do it because that he was circle the only of guy. trust is gone yeah he was oh, the only guy and he had the frilly little eye patches on were so cute i had to get a photo but I'll, I show, guess I'll send you the photo talking about that is that um <laughs> For most men who suffer trauma or, you know, loss of loved one or something that's impacted their lives dramatically is men will just try and push it down, forget about it, go to the pub and not talk about it. It's for blokes, it's really tough to try and be, I guess, engaging in trying to find ways to heal. Mm. Um, That chakra dance, which I would never have gone and done, you know, unless Jules had sort of booked me into it, was one of the most enlightening things in my journey of healing that I've ever done. It was a process where I could feel connected to Sarah. My fear was that she died at the age of 21, that I'd never, ever see her get old. I'd never see who she was going to grow to be, her friends, what she was doing, all those things. And that process and that chakra dance actually allowed me to see her as an older person. I could smell her. I was hugging her. I could feel her. It was something that was really powerful and strong. And a big part of what we're doing with SARS Sanctuary is trying to share a wide variety of modalities that you would never consider or think about. So 
you don't know what you don't know. So by us guiding people to explore and to learn that there are so many other things out there that you can do to find peace or healing through whatever you're going through. I love the idea of you dancing, Mark, because I know Sars loved to dance. I've seen the videos of her, you know, shaking that booty that she had. Um, So I love the idea that you were connected with her in something that she loved too and that there was that bond. And that's the thing that I've really loved about meeting you too because I'm not, they know I'm not particularly spiritual but I've loved hearing about the exploration of not sticking to one belief about how to heal that Mm. there's so many different ways and just being brave enough like you to do a bit of chakra dancing with a blindfold you know suddenly you find something that you didn't expect and you find a connection or a sense of wellness that you would never have done it yeah I guess where I was I guess both Julie and I where we were three months after Sarah's death, 12 months, two years, and now four and a half years is totally different. And it changes all the time. So you need to keep continuing your growth and experiencing other things. And it just I, gets different, doesn't yeah. it? It doesn't like the hole in your heart never goes away. You can heal around that hole in your heart, like I explained with the Japanese gold, mm. yes. and it's a broken cup or broken bowl, and then they join it together with all that beautiful gold. So it's actually stronger than it was before, but it was always broken, mm. and then it's been put back together. So it's how you heal after that tragedy, and it changes. It just gets different. It never goes away, but it does keep changing. And I think in some ways you miss them more because it's longer ago since you actually saw them yeah. every day is longer yeah. so the pain and the ache changes is different for the and longingness your intro is that we both recognize that we're on the same journey we've both lost sarah but we've really chosen personal or separate pathways so we understand that the divorce rate of parents who have lost a child is greater than 80 percent because in that process you know for example if i'm finding something good that day julie could be resentful of where i'm heading or you know how could you be feeling that way when i'm not so that yeah. process of really understanding that we are on a different pathway but it is the same journey and how do you navigate that and how do you get through that each day and it might be that Jules is having a great week and she's really feeling great and I'm not so how does that support work together yeah and there's all those should have could have would have it goes over and it drives you insane oh if only she did that and if she was here and if this happened that happened then she wouldn't be gone and you go over and over and over in your head so many times until it drives you crazy you know yeah. and you have to let go of that because you couldn't change anything and the fact is it is what it is yep you know yeah. horrific because she was murdered on and London Bridge. nothing made sense. She shouldn't have been there. You nothing know. makes no. sense. And no. That's, that's where you have to wrong. sit in that weird space of yeah. acceptance. That and and mm, also, it is what it is. Like in Australia, in Brisbane, Queensland, I don't know anyone that has gone through a terror attack. We're the only ones. So it's a very lonely yeah. place often because you can't share your journey. You don't have that community around you. Like when we went to the Victims of Terror Congress in Nice, there were 750 victims of terror there. And you felt so connected and you didn't have to say anything. You just know how the other person yeah. feels because you're in this horrible club that no one wants to be in. But no one has that experience or that story or being in this space. We're the only ones. I mean, I don't know anyone whose daughter's died in London from a terror attack from Queensland. There's not one. And the whole journey and being a missing person for three days and then had to wait another four days to view her body and the whole process with Scotland Yard. I mean, we've met Prince Charles, the Queen. We've met everyone from this journey for every wrong reason. You know, the rules don't apply. We didn't have to go through customs. We did all this stuff. And that's not normal. And you can't explain these things because it's not a normal experience in life and you can't share it with others. It's different grief. And it was so... 
I mean, I found out she was dead from my son. Um, we're on the plane to Abu Dhabi and we were about to touch down and Malcolm Turnbull wanted to get it on the 6 o'clock news. One son came with us and one son didn't. And I found out from my son that the DNA results proved that Sarah was dead. And just thinking and feeling that place, I honestly thought I was having a heart attack. I thought I was dying and I had to move seats back to Mark and they said you'd go have your seatbelt on because we were touching down. And I can't explain, like I couldn't get any air, I, I, I couldn't breathe. And because I, I didn't think she was dead because she was very smart, athletic, common sense girl and very quick and agile, you know, all of the things. And she wasn't stupid. Like, I would do something stupid when I was 21. I would have been drunk or doing dumb things. But Sarah was always mother hen that looked after everyone. Mm. So I always had hope that they've got it wrong because there was 20 people unconscious in seven different hospitals around. And I thought, oh, if she doesn't have ID and she's unconscious, then she won't. They won't know who, who she is. The hope's knocked out of you. Yes. And my poor old mum was on a cruise in Germany and she jumped off the cruise and when she goes, I'll get off the cruise and go to London because I'm much closer and then I can hold a hand until you get there. So, you know, all of these things. And I thought, well, maybe they've still got it wrong, but then we had to wait another four days to view her body and then it was her. And just seeing her broken body with those stab wounds and I had to check her fingers and toes and her freckles and her earrings and it was SARS and saying goodbye to her in those circumstances. You can't unsee that. But I had to see that because I had to know it was her. Yeah. But doing that was, was just, oh, I can't, I can't describe how, how horrible it is. And there is no recovery from that. No. No, no it's no. unfathomable for our mum to see your baby like that in that condition. And then... Because she was in the morgue, she was cold, and then I held, held her hand, and then she held on back. To me, her hand was warm, and I, I really believe her spirit stayed with her until we came. And then when she was holding my hand, it was like holding on to an electric toothbrush, the energy in her hand. And then she's been with me ever since. And I've become very spiritual. And I wasn't spiritual before at all. I had no reason to be. And that's the strange thing here, isn't it? You weren't spiritual. Yeah, but I did. that moment of holding your daughter's no. hand changed oh, everything for you. Yeah. Oh, it did. And now I really think I'm the conduit between heaven and earth. And she uses me and I talk to her every day. She holds my hand. The radio goes on and off in the car. She puts a playlist on at Anita Hamilton. She's a Reiki healer, all types of different therapies. She puts her playlist on Anita's playlist and turns it on herself when I'm there. But her songs aren't on Anita's playlist, but she puts them on there. You can't explain. And no one gets the orbs I get. I've got angel wings. I mean, Sarah's seen, you've seen a lot of my photos, haven't you, Sarah? And you can't get that. And I talk about that, which allows others to say their child's mm. passed and mm -hmm. they smell them or that the beta will go on and it's not plugged in. Or unusual things that allows others to talk about their experience too, because it is very odd. But I just think, well, why do we do all this stuff here on planet Earth and stress and do all this stuff for what? And then just go and there's nothing. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I do get comfort out of feeling her around. 
For our listeners, Sars actually is a very headstrong, determined woman too. So <laughs> she's, she wasn't known, was she, for being uh, reserved. She was shy in a lot of ways. But, you know, I think when she wants to tell her mum, yeah. mum, oh, listen. Yes. <laughs> but I guess the most she's important so thing is that these two, so Sarah and Jules, were just knockheads, you know. They, yeah, They the both same. had their very strong opinions. We did knockheads a few times as teenagers, I, I can tell you that. But then she came back and just turned into this beautiful swan. And Mark, you have a different relationship too. Julie has this incredibly deep spiritual knowing with her daughter. Mark, what was your pathway? Because I think it's beautiful how you both accepted the different experience. Yeah, Yeah, so, I mean, I do believe that SARS is with us and helping us with this journey. I don't have that full connection that Jules does. Maybe sometimes Jules is using that so she can just wander off and be in the cloud and not have to do anything. But... (laughs) You know, that's a nice excuse to have. But certainly for me is that, um, you know, I find the power in kinesiology. I really enjoy energy healing. And there's one particular person that I spend time with. But I guess for me, the most powerful thing is that, you know, that conversations, you know, we're chatting to you right now about Sarah. So every day we, we sort of give ourselves the ability to do that because of what we do. But, you know, our dinner table with the boys, she's always a part of that conversation She's always really, you know, a big part of what we do every day. So it's like she's still with us. It's so funny, like with uh, her birthday or whatever, she had her 21st at George's Paragon. And so we go there annually for her birthday, the same place. And we say it's for five people, but there's always six chairs. So she's with us, but we've only booked for five, but they've put us on a table for six. So then she's with us. You know, and that that just happens. Like you don't ask for it and all of a sudden you've got an extra seating there, which... You know, some people would make that happen to be conscious of including Mm. that person who's not at the table, Um, but it does happen. It just does happen. Just fine. Well, I can well understand she won't be left out just because... No, no, no. no. It's very... She ain't going to miss out on the parties. (laughs) Yeah. And I think she's more bossier now. Yeah. Now that she's not here. Look, I didn't know her, but I'll tell you what, she's pretty... Yeah, she really is. (laughs) Yeah, I I have to embrace and do that. You know, Mark's cringed over the years at, like, different things that I've done, horrified because I've made choices that he thinks probably not the right choice. Like, we went to London, for an example, and we were in the inquest and it's all being filmed. It's at the old Bailey Courthouse in London, very official, all being filmed. There's reporters, very, you know, graphic. And this Christine Della Cruz, her partner was hit by the van in the attack. He was the first one to be killed and went into the Thames and explaining this and they've got video footage and it's really awful for her and she's crying her heart out. Christine is a French French. speaker. There's translators. Like, it was quite emotional. It was really hard. The communication was very difficult. But then Jules is like, she sort of wants to push past me and I'm thinking, no, Jules, sit down. We're nowhere near her and she's in one corner and the other corner. Anyway, she's like, I've got to go. Sarah says, Mum, you've got to go and hug her. And and it's all very official and it's not my turn. It's not nothing to do with Sarah. But I said, all right, I'll go, I'll go. You think I should? Yeah, 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 go. All right, so this is how I'm talking to Sarah. And so I get up and Mark's going, Jules, what are you doing now? And I said, oh, I've got to get up. So I walk from one end of the court to the other and she's in the witness box and then I go and hug her and give her tissues and the magistrate, thanked me for my kindness and compassion to others. And he noted that, you know, it was a really good thing to do. But We thought w- that Jules was going to be out in handcuffs, yeah, we were- <laughs> but she actually got a pat on the back. Yeah, yeah, but Mark... <laughs> but yeah, you know, 
And she's being escorted out. Traumatised <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah>. <laughs> by my action. I always wanted to go and meet the Queen and oh, we got this, this exceptional invitation to meet the Queen, which was really lovely. It was a royal garden party and there was 8,000 people there, so there was a few. And you have to have your hat, your two forms of ID. There's all these rules. You know how they take videos. You know how they take footage of the Queen. Anyway, so I go, the Queen's coming down the red carpet and we're about four deep trying to see her and stuff. Sars goes, Mum, you're going to meet the Queen? I said, yeah, of course I am. So I go talk to the footman and I said, hey, I'm Julie Wallace. I'm here to meet the Queen. And he said, oh, okay, come through. So I get ushered through to the red carpet and then all the people in the guests started videoing me going onto the red carpet because obviously I'm someone really important. <laughs> and it was like the Crocodile Dundee movie when Linda Kozlowski and Paul Hogan are in the um, train station and he's calling out, tell her I love her. And so then I'm pulling through Mark, <laughs> our family liaison officer, Jim, and his partner, Sheena, to come through and they're looking at me like, what have you done now? I'm <laughs> horrified. And so all these people are filming on their phones, these people coming through. I said, come on, Mark, come through, come through. <laughs> He's taking Jim, and Jim's a very proud English policeman sure, who's yeah. very... Um, Respectful. Yeah, he follows rules, you know, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. He's very gracious. And so I'm pulling them through, and we got to do the curtsy twice, and we talked to her just on a normal level, and she said, oh, you know, oh, I've seen you on TV because we were on Good Morning Britain. They were following us with our bike ride and they've been following us. And uh, she said, you know, she saw us on TV and I said, oh, I've seen you on TV too <laughs> and on the money and I've seen you on the stamps. <laughs> we had this conversation with her and it was hilarious. And then I pull out my business card. You, you're not allowed to. I'm standing beside Jules. Jules is now starts fiddling around in a handbag to get a business card. And I'm like, Jules, you can't do that like this. Snipers. Anyway, she fiddles around, pulls out a business card. Hands it to the Queen. The Queen's like, oh, taps the card, <laughs> reads it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sure she put it in the Teledex. <laughs> Hasn't she run yeah, yet? It's a really great, it was a great day and a great story, but you should have seen Mark's face when I said, come on, like, we're going. And, uh, yeah, we talked to her for about eight minutes. She had all the time in the world and she was so humble and she was so sharp and she was so timed. So we did get some video footage from their video footage, so we got something to show that we, you know... It was interesting because she had seen our yeah, interview yeah. on Good Morning Britain that she knew about us and she could hold yeah. a conversation about what we were doing. We didn't have to talk about her corgis. Like everyone says, you've got to ask her about her dogs or her horses or something, and we didn't talk anything about that, yeah. and she was really, really lovely. Hmm. So we have had a really interesting journey. We've met some amazing people along the way, and we get some lovely people comment and... Just giving people hope mm. that you can heal after a traumatic grief loss. I mean, there is always hope, but you've got to be proactive about it. Mm. So, yeah. you know, there are people that experience a traumatic experience and then they just become recluse or self-isolate yeah. and just pull away and they're not actively searching to find, well, what is good for me to get me to that better place? Yeah. I mean, Jules and I, we've explored so many different things. We do meditation every day. Yeah. We make sure that we fill our own bucket so we can help other people from our bucket. So, yeah. you know, if you go flat out and try and share everything with everybody, then you're just going to fall in a heap. Well, I do that all the time. We make our own soy organic candles and I personally deliver them to 20 IGA stores around Queensland, make the candles and I connect with people who have had a loss who just want to meet or we do all our digital stuff and then I stop doing my meditation or I don't earth myself to the universe or I don't work my dog and then all of a sudden responding to someone at nine o'clock at night and then 
all of a sudden I'm in tears and I see something that triggers me and then I fall off again. So you always got to be aware that, you know, there's all these triggers. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the things that, you know, when Sarah and I talked about you guys joining us today and just hearing it in you today, you've both had different ways to discover things that are helping ground you to get through each day and give that empathy and help others. And I think that's what, like for me, I really love about SARS Sanctuary because SARS Sanctuary is recognising that how you move through all those different stages and 20 stages in every day, there's a way that can support people and help them. And, you know, I just so love to hear more about with SARS Century, how have you been able to, I suppose, challenge, you know, it's a new business, it's four and a half years, you're going through your own sort of struggles as well. How have you managed to try and get a business at the end of this? How have you ridden that roller coaster? Yeah, so I guess we both, Jules and I, identified that we wanted to help people and help guide and navigate people through their grief and like how do you do that so we really wanted to share and build a community so we thought the best way to do that was to create a not-for-profit which we did that so we founded a SARS Sanctuary as a not-for-profit organization in 2018 yeah. so after Sarah's death I mean the first three months I couldn't even get out of bed I had no purpose I had no structure whereas Jules was very had to go to work to keep busy to try and deny and yeah, forget I and couldn't even go there was too dark and so the the processes of building that not-for-profit was so difficult it's a new space and how do you do that and what are the processes and, and we got through that and so from Sarah's death I never returned to work I thought my purpose now needs to be to help other people the first 12 months that Jules went back to work as a personal trainer and personal trainer is quite I guess emotionally draining more than physical is that you're almost a counsellor to yeah. those people for 30 minutes and then they no, come but back. I, mine was physical as well, though, because I worked out. I did 40 PTs a week, but I worked out with every single one of them. And then I'd work out as well. So I just physically and mentally just smashed myself mm. because I just wanted to stay as busy as I possibly could all the time because I couldn't go to that dark place. So to build a not-for-profit, and we, we were, I guess, in that space of we want to build you know, community around what we're doing. We wanted people to get involved and help. And that started well. We were in a space where, you know, we had people helping and it was all a great process. Then 2019 COVID hit and it was all about you couldn't have people together. People were unsure about their own personal finances. Corporations were pulling back. So everything became quite difficult in that space. So Jules and I, we'd sold our house and boat and we had put all our personal finance into building what we were doing yeah well we're um, building a retreat in the noosa hinterlands and we just come back from the beautiful bike ride with 52 australians and we've done the australian story we've done all sorts of things we we're really on a big high and then the whole covid thing yeah which meant us. that you couldn't have people together mm. um, which meant that what we were trying to build was a a live-in retreat where people would come and experience a wide variety of healing modalities which would then help them find their pathway knowing that you couldn't have people together led us into the digital space we said well okay potentially with a live-in program is that you could help 20 people a week a digital space the numbers are unlimited is that whoever wants to log in and be a part of the platform so we thought that the impact as well as the fact that you know we can connect the best of practice practitioners anywhere in the world to people seeking help 
have a, such a wide variety of evidence-based healing modalities available. And they're global. Uh, yeah, so it was it was a, a big shift through that 2019 of like how do we create a bigger impact and how do we help more people? The concept of the platform took all different forms and, and there was lots of two of them throwing and really trying to work out what the best way of doing that is. We had some lovely guidance there from Sarah. Yeah. Using knowledge of people, you know, so Jules and I, we suffer traumatic grief. We're not professionals in any way of, of any modality, but we really feel that we can bring all those clever people together. So we're not ever in a space where we will tell someone what they need to do. Um, we're in that space of guiding and helping and, and assisting. So that process of the not-for-profit space became really difficult. There was no funding. Everything yeah. dried up. It stopped. We actually took a bit of a time out and really had a good look at our business model and said, well, how do we make this work? And then how do we guarantee that there's income streams to continue on our work? If we're only sitting in mm. not-for-profit space, then it's quite difficult because you're always relying on someone to fund it. Yeah, so proactively we changed our hard. business model. So we've created a trading company. In our yes. rebranding process, we've kept the name SARS Sanctuary as our trading company. And we've created a new entity called SARS Spirit Foundation, which is our not-for-profit space. Yeah. So SARS Sanctuary, where we are right now, is that we're about a month away. So this will be pre-recorded. Yeah. And so <laughs> hopefully March yeah. 2022 that we will be launching our soft launch of the program, yeah. which will host practitioners in a wide variety of modalities to share resources, courses, workshops, There'll be free products in there of resources, fact sheets. There's all different things where people can get in and, and navigate and find what they like to learn about things that you don't know about. Chakra dance, I didn't know about, but now I do. <laughs> yeah, we have listed yeah. that with the video. Yeah. yeah but... Body, mind, spirit, soul. You can, and you, you'll have your compass yeah. that can show you how much time you're spending in each section. So say if you spent 80% yeah. in mind, you might like to think, oh, well, maybe I should investigate spirit. And this is because the medical model is so limiting, isn't it? We've had, you know, as a psychologist, yes. yeah. why I love backing this and being part of it is that the medical model offers one avenue. That one not everyone, pathway, yeah. isn't it? Not everyone's ready for that. People mm. dip in and out of it. What you've created is... Yeah, well, you, yeah psychologist or antidepressants, really. Yeah. yeah. So now what people can do is without judgment move around that compass and think mm. well you know i've done a bit of this and mm. that worked well but in a safe environment with a safe community or get it mm. i can now explore that and know that part of what is offered has all been checked as valid for dealing with traumatic yeah, it's got so there's nothing yeah. on there that hasn't got a link or some kind of evidence-based practice yep. or information. Everything's evidence-based. And a, a big mm. part of our process within the platform is to make sure that those practitioners do have, you know, that experience and the qualifications yeah. and are valid and they've got evidence yep. to show that their modality is within that science base, but it could be that it's more in that whole holistic, so considering the whole yeah. body. Yeah. It also normalising it as well, L letting people yeah. know there's more than 117 million people around the world that suffer from PTSD, so you're not alone. But, Julie, I think you're 100% correct. And what I really, like, I love about the whole concept of SARS Sanctuary is that just like the two of you, 
have found different paths as to what, what works with your soul, what works with your mind, what works with your body. You're creating a trusted environment that when people really need it, they don't have to start with a blank page and go, I don't know where to start. I don't know how to help me through the everything that I'm feeling and know who's the best. Because as you said, Julie, is it pills or is it a psychologist or a psychiatrist? There's so many different ways that help everyone individually. Yeah, I think two people almost may feel more comfortable in their own environment at home to reach out because they don't have to go somewhere and someone might see them going into a psychologist but they don't want to keep it hidden and I think also the police and first responders because it's separate to them they have a stigma if they put their hand up and they're not dealing with their job that they're not fit for their work and there's still that stigma in with first responders whereas if it's not connected to them then they don't have to tell their bosses that what they're doing and they're in a safe place. So that's why we are connected with them and they do feel comfortable Mm. with us, which is sad. But And they don't actually trust what is available to them, which they do it, but it's not. Well, you've taken the judgment out, haven't you? We need to change it because we have horribly high – we have the second highest suicide in the world in Australia, so we have to change it. That's my purpose in life for the rest of my life, to change that. But also, you know, we've identified that we've – throughout the four and a half years we're in a different space and Mm. it is a lifelong journey so being connected through the website is you can continually explore something different or new absolutely and it's all based on that respect so yeah so keep exploring and keep keep asking and keep keep trying and yeah try, try different things Mark and Julie, thank you so much for coming on and talking about such a a very traumatic and real experience. Um, You are both incredible people. I love working with you and I know SAR Sanctuary is going to be a game changer um, globally once it's up and running. So again, thank you for sharing. I think our listeners will be both inspired and enlightened by the path that your grief has taken you. Thanks for having us. Happy Fun Friday. Lots of love and kindness to you both. <laughs> and we, I'm very excited to meet you in the flesh next month, Sarah. Of course, with COVID, that meeting never took place, but we will inevitably meet Julie, that's for sure. Um, I highly recommend you jump onto the SARS Sanctuary um, website, have a look through what their mission is, what they're capable of. Look at those candles, they are gorgeous. I have them here at my work as well. And you can always rebrand them. There's a special um, process for you to rebrand these candles as gifts for others or for your own business. So I highly recommend looking at that. Again, thanks, Julia Marks. We'll see you in 2022 at some point. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to the Aware Podcast and we really hope you enjoyed our guest's insight and a little quiz at the end just for a bit of fun. Music for the Aware Podcast is by Tape Machine featuring LFA. The song title is This Is Who I Am. If you would like to be a guest or contact us regarding the Aware platform, please email awarearcgroup at gmail.com. That's aware, A-R-C, arc, group at gmail.com. We are Nikki Mackey and Sarah Godfrey. See you next time.